Cool when they've knocked you in the head with a shovel and you're you're hearing that from the bottom of a six foot hole, yeah. that's when it really sucks. <laughs> and yeah. it'll be welder just at the top going, "Don't worry, man, we're gonna turn you into some biodiesel." <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And I'm Andy. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the technological tanner. So, uh, you may have noticed that there's an extra voice in here tonight, So, and we've got Mr. Andy Berkey with us. So, yeah! Andy, <laughs> uh, oh no, we were going to do uh, Round the Room in, uh, what was it? Bassa. Al? Bassa. We'll do that for, that's for Spiths, man. Oh, okay. I know the drill. Okay. Fine, all right. What, what's everyone else been up to then? Andy leads. Andy, what have you been up to this oh, last man. week? Well, the first thing on, uh, I'm hot off the uh, demo trail. I I'm uh, yesterday got the opportunity to hang out with about 30 makers um, at a woodworking school about an hour from me and demonstrate the Shaper origin to them, which was an absolute blast. I was a little freaked out because I thought maybe some old school woodworkers wouldn't be too hip w- with it but you know um a lot of my instagram crew came down and uh and supported us and and the room was just lit up man we had a ball and we actually went 45 minutes over um <laughs> the time we were supposed to go and it was it was humbling and uh just a blast i learned a ton nice awesome Cool. Uh, Al, what have you been up to? Um, I have been uh, doing a bit of spring cleaning, even though it's the middle of winter. But, no, um, it's technically <laughs> spring now. Yeah, technically it is. Um, but actually, this weekend I've started uh, building the Hatchack website. Ooh. Because nice. um, I've not updated my website since like 2009 or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did buy, I bought the domain for the Hatchack, Alt Hatchack. Yeah. And that was before I, I started the channel or anything. It Basically, that was the decider of what it was going to be called. Nice. If there was a website available. Because it was initially going to be called The Hack Shack. Yeah. But th- there was already some like um, cyber hacker dude that had the website The Hack Shack. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, right, I'll Hack Shack it is then. Yeah. And, uh, and the website was available. So I bought that. And it's just been sitting there just blank. Um, but today I started uh, coding that. So awesome. should be should be, it should be up in probably about two weeks. Awesome, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. to be fair, my uh, nice. my website still has uh, this website, much like the Forge, is still under construction yeah, because nice. I did that three years ago <laughs> and haven't touched it since. Yeah, I, well, you know, you know the teddy bears dismember, dismembering yeah. themselves that I had. I just basically I had little pictures of them just cutting each other apart, saying uh, this website is under destruction. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. so witty, uh, witty. Uh, Brett. What witty. have you been up to this week? Ah, uh, lots of stuff. Yeah, Lots of things. Um, yeah. I was out of town Sunday. Yeah, Sunday we left. Uh, Laura, Jimmy, and I went to a Lincoln Electric event through Wednesday or something like that. I don't know. I did a lot of TIG welding, learned how to TIG weld, got better at MIG welding. Um, nice. Because I totally learned some things about MIG welding that turns out I had been taught the wrong way. I won't mention oh, who oh. taught me those things, <laughs> but I wasn't doing it right. Um, that went really, really well. And then the end, at the very end of it, they were actually nice enough to let everybody know, like, hey, if you brought a logo or an image or something like that, 
Um, we'll show you how the plasma table works. You can send us your files. So uh, I got a, I was the only person to actually cut out like a two dimensional version or like a dual yes. layer version. Nice. Um, and came back. I had to drive the two sick kids in the car back and I spent <laughs> seven and a half hours driving through a torrential tundra <sighs> snow. I don't know. It was horrible. The, <laughs> the last uh, two hours that we were driving back, I was doing maybe like 20 or 30 miles an hour because it was just horrible. And I was driving Jimmy's truck and I'm never comfortable driving somebody else's vehicle during a snowstorm. And then a a power line transformer blew and only Laura saw it and Jimmy woke up thinking that we were getting pulled over. Jesus. <laughs> I finally got home. I finally got home at 4 a.m. It's been kind of a weird week because the sleep schedule's been off. But I did work on the, uh, the dual layer steel sign thing and I actually had Laura uh, step in and, and do some fun stuff with me. So I'll be editing that video. Nice. Uh, and getting it up hopefully by the end of today slash tomorrow. And then uh, still working on the longer longer term project. So ju just a question yeah. on the um, on the welding, Brett. Oi. Obviously, we're, we're the advocates of uh, not doing things properly on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, using tools however you want to. Is welding kind of exempt from that? Do you kind of have to do welding properly? Well, yeah. not to segue too early, but... There is a science to metallurgy and and material that is a lot more precise. I, I, yeah, it's a lot more precise. You know, you okay. you really have to know what kind of gases go into MIG welding versus TIG welding, and you have to know yeah. what kind of materials you're using and amperage versus or AC versus DC. You know, for aluminum okay. and things. Yeah. So all <clears throat> yeah. of that. We got the knockdown drag out version. It was really, really fast and dirty. Right. And they, they basically just threw us in there and they're like, we'll give you the, the main tips, but this is going to take some time. And by the end of it, it's like everybody could, could run beads, but there's the list of things that you're really supposed to know how to do. The guys that are professionals that have been doing it for 30 years can tell you how to join bronze to steel in some insane fashion that's not brazing. Right. And it's not this, and if you control the amperage correctly, I don't know. It was all really, yeah. really intense, but yeah, it's okay. there's so much more what science. Percentage, what percentage of words that they were using could you understand? <laughs> I'd be lucky to say 30. That's, where, that's about how I live my life right it's, there. 30-ish. Nice. You know, when they, were, when they were there explaining the metallurgy and, and the way that the, uh, the joining of different alloys, when they were talking about TIG welding, like, yeah. okay, I don't understand any of this. And then the first time he goes, <laughs> and then we might do some MIG welding. I'm like, hey, hey, I, know, I think shoot. I know I how to that. do that. And then I actually start doing it, and they go, you're doing it wrong. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, but didn't the alloys win World War II? <laughs> What? What? Uh, Steve, oh. you'll have to. Steve, you would know. Is it the axes? Was it the axes? The, or the, the axles? axles? The axes of evil. The axles of evil. These the are... alloys beat the axes of axles of evil. Well, <laughs> never mind. God. We should have a whole episode talking about axes. <laughs> who? Oh. Who invited Berkey on? <laughs> I told them. you. I told you guys this was going to be a train wreck. 
<laughs> no one believes me. Have Berkey on. It'll be fun. No, it's a train wreck. <laughs> How do you get on every single podcast? You've been on all of them. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why they let me do this. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> but um, So basically, you learned that... Uh, Metalwork is really difficult and complex, unlike woodwork, which is where you just like use some PVA and stick oh, some bits of wood go. together. Right? It's just it's just putting fiber material to, like dead dead trees together. It seems easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, well, seeing as you guys asked this week, what have you been up to, Steve? <laughs> is Steve uh, still here? <laughs> and I'm Steve. <laughs> Uh, hey Steve, what, what are you editing for the next week? <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. It's just, this is all staying in. All right. um, what have I done? Yeah, uh, I had the first class of the year yesterday um, in the workshop, uh, which was really good. Um, and today I have all but finished the uh, the next video. Well, I've now got three videos in uh, or on my hard drive. Um, and no time to edit them. But the next one, which I spoke to you guys about before, the uh, the mallet for Tim Sway, um, or the Tim oh, yeah. Sway inspired mallet. Um, so yeah, that's done. I've just got to go and get some silver paint to uh, put the finish on. Um, nice. And that's about it. But this week coming, I've got an entire week off. So it's Woo! it's going to be a, a, a good week for making. Um, nice. But yeah, having the uh, having the students in was actually really really nice. It was good to get back into the the habit of of teaching and and actually forging, and that's kind of like this this first class of the year has really started off the year again because we basically have from from May until December the workshop just doesn't stop. It's just constant. Um, right. So December we're like obviously doing family stuff and that, but January February March we tend to be doing fuck all but or not doing fuck all but mess messing around a bit like we're not taking it too seriously so i've not actually done much in the way of um of actual proper making so it's uh this is kind of the the thing that's kicking it off and i'm getting back into it all again now so i should be able to hopefully produce some more content again awesome. but, um, nice nice but yeah uh so should we move into this week's topic then uh, which, because we've got Andy in, and because he's got the Shaper Origin, we were just going to talk about um, basically technology in the workshop and how things have changed, how things have improved, what things are, are, are really good for making, what things are perhaps taking bits away or whatever, um, and just kind of how we as makers deal with living in the uh, the, the digital age, as it were. So, uh, for for people that don't know, Andy, do you want to um, just give a, a like an overview of, of what the Shaper Origin is and how it works? Whew. Yeah, that's the... Um, well, the Shaper Origin has taken the concept of uh, the CNC table, the CNC machine, computer numerically controlled router, and uh, freed it from the bed and the stationary um, like table system. And uh, through, a, through a series of um, Im images that are printed on tape, um, you can apply that tape to pretty much any uh, plane 
and any flat plane and uh, the this new technology will read that and then basically anything can become the bed of a CNC router now yeah. vertical upside down uh, I can you know I I, I yesterday I thought it was so bizarre I, I was up at 3 a.m. 3:30 a.m. because I was so amped for this thing <laughs> <clears throat> and without even thinking it I uh, finished up what I was doing in the shop and then threw the, the the shaper origin into its box and into the front seat of my truck and I was gone hmm. and about halfway down to where I was I was like how amazing is that I've just taken a CNC machine with its technology yeah and threw it in a box and was gone yeah and I set it up it somewhere else it was uh that's the real beauty and the strength of that machine is um yeah because i mean know, setup times for for that thing must be like literally minutes it's just a case of putting the tape on and, and going basically isn't it yeah if you plug it in it boots up by the time it's done booting up you've taped off whatever you needed to you're probably looking at four to five minutes wow and was, it, was it the chopping board you did, Andy? Where it was pretty much like real time, the video. Yeah, yeah, just, yep, just, that's just it. Set it up, did it, did the scan, done. And yeah, it was ridiculous. Done. You know, in my career, I've done so much circular work where you're, you know, a fared curve is just it's part science, part art because mm-hmm. you're you're feeling where it's not perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. And it just takes. Uh, you know, a very experienced touch and hand to get those just right. And now I have the capacity where I could set that up and knock it out in literally minutes. It's, yeah. um, but the cool part for me being an older school woodworker guy is you still have tactile involvement yeah. with the machine. You're, you're controlling feed rate and, um, and uh, you know you've got to keep it within a zone of I call it the stupid zone. You know you got to keep it within an inch. <laughs> the Berkey and, zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey man, that ain't cool. <laughs> but I yeah, just make, it's, I make because it's the sweet spot. You know. Ah, <laughs> yeah. See, now, that's the difference between Al and I. I he would call that the, the sweet spot, which is a perfect description. And I call it the stupid zone. So, <laughs> so Andy, you, you you just mentioned actually that. Um, you know, initially getting that per- before tools like this came along, getting that perfect curve was about kind of feeling it and knowing it and kind of understanding it. And, and obviously, what whether you want to admit it or not, the bulk of what you create is art. It's beautiful, um, and you have the experience and you have the the skills for that. Is there any kind of um, conflict within you that's kind of saying this this tool is kind of doing it automatically, whereas once upon a time I was I was feeling for these shapes and I was doing them with my with my soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe a little. I mean, I'm still one of these guys that I, I mean, not working with metal much. I especially I don't ever wear gloves. Um, okay. Because I want to feel stuff. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, in, in one of my early give me a minutes, and Jimmy I know has said this too is, you Who's can that? look at it so much. Uh, this guy, Jimmy. Um, God, what's his last name? Stuart. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I know who that I, is. <laughs> Somebody at some point said <laughs> uh, that you know, at some point you quit looking at it and you feel it, you know. Yeah. And and to me, I always used to tell my guys, you know, feel it so that uh, your your grandmother's little her delicate skin would feel good against that edge. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. there's still that 
you still have that involvement with it where okay. you're kind it's of in your hand. Yeah, hybriding. Yeah. You know, you're you're hybriding it. It's is that the right word? Hybriding? Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. So it's um, I think isn't somebody called the hybrid wo- woodworker or a book or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we could talk about dados. <laughs> I, I do like Al. I was about to bring up the same point though because art and science that seems to be where there's a big line in the sand when it comes to shop tools or equipment or projects in general is you know i have a cabinet that needs to fit in this exact spot and you know science will help you or or math maths as the english guys (laughs) would help you make sure that that's the correct distance and sometimes hand carving that can take so much more time or so much more effort uh to build something to the exact length whereas you know a shaper or a cnc machine would knock that out for you perfectly and yeah is is the desire to execute the the perfect cabinet to fit in that spot or is it to use hand tools and then prove to either yourself or somebody else that you can artfully get it to fit in there i don't know that it's such a it's such a battle back and forth you know and (laughs) the shaper does seem to have like I, I love that it's working that way. It still gives you a tactile um, interaction with the tool. You're you're holding it. You're still controlling it. Um, I'm I'm not a big fan of CNCs, admittedly, but I can see the use. If you could just if you could just sit the shaper down, and it was just self-controlled, would that just take away the whole appeal of it? For me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, a, a degree of it definitely because, um, for instance, yesterday we did we cut a bow tie. Uh, out of out of uh, walnut and did it perfectly with then we took the exact same file reduced it by four one thousandths of an inch and created the the mortise for that oh to get gosh. into and literally I take the thing and it has a uh, audible snap as it pops oh. up I mean it is just sexy right <laughs> it's but you know, Gary, I just heard this thing from Gary, is it Vanderchuck? Vander, Gary V? Yeah. Um, he said, and he was talking about phones or something, but he said, it's not the technology, it's how you use it. Yeah. yeah. And the beautiful part about this is making starts in our brains and, and finishes there, you know? Yeah. And to me, there's a lot of roads to Cleveland. You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, and, I was just in Cleveland. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, what a beautiful segue. Hey. <laughs> but, Steve, Steve things, for you, I, my question to you, I don't mean to jump on what you were about to say, but you're somebody that works almost, you know, uh, yeah. 100% with hand tools and, and pounding metal down and stuff. So, how does it feel for you to have something like what kind of new technologies does something like blacksmithing have where it comes into the community of blacksmiths and people go, Oh, I don't know. That's too sciencey for what I do. I do everything with my hands. I mean, it, it, it's a funny one. Cause I mean, the, the thing is, is there's, there's almost nothing that, uh, that a modern blacksmith does that can't be reproduced on an industrial scale by a machine. For example, we do, um, we, we hand forge axes and you can get drop forged or pressed axes for a, a fraction of the cost um, from anywhere else, but they, they're they mass produced, they're, they tend to be quite generic, they don't have um, 
soul. Well, yeah, they don't have the soul. They're like that. And the other thing is, is we can because we're um, we're hand producing each and every one of them. We can customize them on the fly. So if we're um, if if say I'm I'm forging an axe and I I make a mistake, I, I put um, a divot in it that where I shouldn't be putting a divot sort of thing. I can go well. Actually, I I can change that around. I can make that um, part of the uh, the design. I, I can I can think of another way to use it. Like I might have yeah. punched the hole a bit too far out. And it's like well, actually, this one's going to have a bigger pole, and because it's going to have a bigger pole, um, which sorry is the like the the back half of the the axe, the um, like, almost like the hammer side of it, um, because it's going to have a bigger pole. I'm going to change the the way that this axe is designed. So this is going to be a wilderness axe as opposed to a camp hatchet, <laughs> or this is going to be a, a splitter, and this is going to be whatever. Um, so, in terms of new technologies that we get into blacksmithing, um, it, it, there's there's nothing like um, that you that you'd be able to get in the average workshop that um, is massively affecting how blacksmith work. Um, and I think, to a certain extent, anybody that gets into blacksmithing is doing it because they they want to do the um, the, the more hand tool route. It's it's like uh, a woodworker going down the the hand tool route as opposed to going out and buying a CNC. Um, you can still do metal work without doing blacksmithing. Um, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a funny one. I mean, there's even down to things like you were talking about welding earlier on once upon a time the only way you'd be able to weld two bits of metal together would be to forge weld it mm -hmm. um, and so you, there are still things like uh, there's a bit of snobbery if um, someone's making a, a table and they've they've tack welded it together rather than doing mortise and tenon joints or something like that <laughs> um, but for the most part it, it's all the aesthetic of it it's whether mm -hmm. It, whether it looks better as a as an almost seamless piece because it's welded on and you've ground that in so that it looks like it's all coming out of it organically or whether you've got it as a bit more of a, a like an old school industrial um uh traditional joint on it right but, and um, yeah okay that that's pretty that's pretty interesting because Berkey comes from years and years and years of producing stuff and making things by hand. So what is it like for someone like you who has been doing the work for a long time, seen the technology grow all around, and then specifically with something like the Shaper, do you think the, the art versus science or the art versus technology aspects of it are, are like a young man's pride thing? I'm asking that honestly you could tell me straight to my face now that i'm being too prideful <laughs> about you know not using cnc machines but i'm i want an honest opinion from somebody who's been doing it for longer i i can only relate to it from you know obviously my own perspective and that is i'm just adamant that these you know in 19 whatever it was 20 they were having the same discussion about electrical saws yeah right and i just feel like i'll tell you this about seven eight years ago i had a kid that i had in my shop for three years camp comes to me one one monday morning and says uh i'm gonna turn in my two weeks notice because i met a plumber in a bar last night who offered me a dollar fifty more an hour 
and it completely gutted me because I yeah. thought this kid, I was, his hand skills were coming along, his critical thinking skills were coming along. I mean, I was thinking maybe this is the kid I, I transitioned my business to as I retire, right? And it absolutely gutted me. And then I got mad. Then the, <laughs> the craft, oh, I owed the craft nothing. Screw the craft. I don't, I'm just going to make a living and I'm going to go be a curmudgeon. Yeah. After meeting you lot, it's become this, you guys want to learn and you want to tweak it and you want to hack it. And I say, whatever, however you do that, I mean, the biggest builds that I've done in, you know, neo-Gothic churches, it was complete cheating. I say that openly. (laughs) Any way we could cheat, steal, beg, borrow, we were doing it to, to make the thing happen on budget and, and then just to try to make the thing look right. So I'm of that opinion is however you want to go, kid, you know, go do it. And, um, I think that's how the craft is going to evolve. Right. I mean, it's, it's how it, it's how it always has done. I mean, you you went back to saws versus electrical saws. Like I, I went straight back to like, you know, some guy with a flint axe, like, oh, here comes the wanker with the bronze again, yeah. you know, <laughs> showing us all how it's done. Yeah. It, it, it's how it's always happened. And yeah. We've always been evolving. We've always been making things in a different way. And it's always going to continue that way. And I think one of the things to, to kind of remember is the fact that when, you, when you're looking at, um, at something like a CNC or something like that, it's not just um, the fact that a lot of people look at it on a quite, quite a small scale. Like, oh, so... That means that you know you you don't have to learn how to use a bandsaw and how to do this and that and the other to be able to cut out a, a, a chopping board. That's cheating. That's not doing it right. That's just taking the easy route. Mm. Yes, but in the same at the same time, it's also meaning that whereas back in the day, you know, you, you'd have one person that would do each and every stage of a of a job because people were so specialised in that specific area because there wasn't the the technology out there to be able to to speed these things up. So people would do one part. You'd have one guy that would yeah. literally just plane planks to get them smooth, like he, and that was all he would do. Whereas now, this technology allows someone in their own workshop to be able to do an entire build process, whether it's someone like um, Joe being able to do an entire storage shed um, in his back garden to someone wanting to go out and wanting to build a, a huge like house or something on their own um and and or or a massive sculpture or, or something like that they don't necessarily have to spend 20 years learning a specific craft just to get that one section of a much larger piece done because so it's, it's speeding things up basically yeah. what you're saying yeah well it's mm-hmm. not it's not only speeding things up but it's allowing people to to be able to try those other crafts like going back to blacksmithing like I say, you know, a couple hundred years ago, you couldn't have stuck two bits of metal together unless you were an experienced blacksmith. <laughs> Whereas now, any idiot can go and buy a buy a MIG proof, man. <laughs> I can't. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyone can go buy a MIG welder and just go, and it might not be pretty, it might not be particularly safe or, or work particularly well, but they can still stick that bit of metal together. And if they go actually yeah this is this is good but i need to improve on it then they can improve on that and and i think that's the same with everything it just means it's it it's setting the entry the bar of entry much much lower so that people can go in they can try different things and they can play around with different things and if they find actually this is really good and i want to do more of this specific thing 
then they can then start going into you know, using the hand tools or using whatever and getting more into that side of it or they can stay as a bit more of a jack of all trades and and still able to produce some yeah. amazing things that's the future man yeah and um, brett you made a really interesting point and i think it's something that all four of us kind of um resonate with and it's that the art versus science thing like we're all kind of creative people but we're all also kind of technical people who love um the maths and the science and the physics behind things like where do you see that conflict and where do you see it being really positive or being really problematic you know you you made the example of kind of fitting a cabinet for example you know something super functional and like based on just measurements but you know i i'm i'm an artist and an engineer at the same time which i think kind of all of us are in in, in some aspect well I- yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's that's kind of why I asked Berkey his his thoughts because I have to kind of give myself a reality check every now and then that you know I went to art school and I wanted to be this creative person forever, but and and I I do it it is absolutely a pride thing um, where I look <laughs> at things like a CNC machine or whatever and it's, it's usually because I don't know how to use them so there's probably a little bit of laced jealousy in there where I'm just like that machine is dumb I can make it by hand you know bleh, it doesn't feel right that you're using a computer but I make animations all the time for my channel and After Effects I'm not going to yeah. hand draw all of those so clearly I have like I'm there's a big gray zone with me right um, yeah. I do agree that it's uh, and we've brought this up a couple of times. It's just another tool. It's just another way to execute the end game. I do like how Andy put it, where it's kind of like, you know, make it your choice however you want to get to the end game. I, I do like that approach. You know, I'm working on that half blacksmithed, half welded, half forged, you know, whatever it is. Steve, yeah. Steve as a legitimate blacksmith, goes, Hey, uh, I know you want to join the mild steel to the spring steel. How are you going to do that? Because you don't have a way to do that. And I go, I know I was going to try and forge weld it. And he goes, you're an idiot. Just <laughs> MIG weld it together. It's, it's doing the exact same thing, which at the end of the day, I would have spent a week trying to make that work in a tiny forge with low heat. And it would have been a nightmare. And Steve, I get kind of a sign off from Steve to go, look, what you're trying to execute can be done in 30 seconds with a MIG welder. Yeah, And so, again, my pride kind of started to get in the way of, but I want to be an artist and learn how to blacksmith properly. And Steve goes, shut it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I, I, I love the question, Al, but I do think it's, at least for me, it's going to be a very ongoing battle internally with myself. Is Good, good. I want my artistry, that sounds really self-serving but i i would love my creativity or my artistry to be appreciated but at the same time i don't want somebody to come to me and go well yeah if i had after effects i could make video game episodes too and you go "Eh, all right he's i mean they're right but did you come up with the idea to make a three minute video game video and there 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 is the answer Yeah. yeah That's right. the thing. Is it's, it's not agree. about how you make it; it's about what you make. At the end of the day, it's it, right. Yeah. And and uh, in my last shop stool, I I quoted you guys and and Brett, you know, of saying that really, it's the uh, how did you say it, Brett? Um, Being a maker is not what oh, yeah. you make; it's an attitude. Right. Right. And yeah. that's to me. That's what it's about. Is 
And, you know, yesterday I put uh, a probably 75-year-old uh, wood turner with his hands on that technology, and he's concentrating. He's got a, a small design that he's working on. Everybody got to, to mess with it a little bit. And I see him staring at the screen, and he's concentrating way more than he needed to, right? I mean, yeah. he was keeping the, the bullseye <laughs> right on. And then he looks at me, and he has the look of a four-year-old child that just ate awesome. a cream puff for the first time. <laughs> I mean, he just looked at me, and his face was lit. And to me, if I could have gotten a picture of that, it's just like, that's what it's about right there. That yeah. joy of creation, man. It's yeah. just, it's what, to me, it's what separates us from the muggles of the world. It's, <laughs> you know, I feel like we're uh, Harry Potter magicians in, at yeah. some level. You know what I mean? You're yeah. a wizard, Berkey. <laughs> hey, I don't think a that's wizard the thing. pirate. It, <laughs> that it, it goes me. back to, <laughs> it goes back to, to the point I made. Like, it, it, it it's about being able to get in at any skill level and, and make something I think that's the thing is that's the beauty of it because the, you think how many people that have got fantastic minds but perhaps a, a little bit in, impatient especially with themselves that wanted to make something but couldn't because they tried once and they didn't have they didn't quite have the, the muscle control or, or the dexterity to be able to do this thing that they wanted to do and just gave up and were like, oh, well I'm never going to be able to learn to do that and then right haven't made something and and you haven't got those those people's ideas and and things out there just because they think that they need to be able to hand chisel these things out rather than doing it in a much quicker and easier way you know it just hit me as we were all chatting but it just hit me that not every maker out there has the physical capabilities of, of doing all of this performing all of these actions too you know there are people yeah, that are have certain handicaps or or restrictions to what they can physically do or what tool they can physically hold and like it, it just hit me while we were chatting but that kind of um technology has to be there to help those people because you can't let mm -hmm. those minds speak if their only restriction is the fact that, you know, they can't hold it in their hand or they're missing a digit or two, you know, something like that should not stop them from being able to make. And so no. my, my BS prideful stuff that gets in the way is definitely because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm s luckily still have all of my digits and everything, even though I should have lost them a hundred times. But <laughs> somebody that's actually has any type of, you know, birth situations or, or has just had problems all their life technology becomes uh, a tool for them to be able to yeah. create things so I need to get off my and stupid soapbox about it <laughs> Brett's kind of like questioning his whole it just, world I don't know why <laughs> I did that to myself I just got super existential and went wait a minute like you idiot what are you even that makes me, that That's makes me so mad at myself <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is, is not only does it allow those people to uh, to be able to create themselves, but it means that it allows other people to be able to create things to help them. Like there's, um, I don't know if you guys heard about it in the the states, but there was a guy, or there was a, a shed of the year competition or something like that, and um, and there was a guy over here who, <coughs> Chuck, <coughs> no, you <coughs> dickhead. Um, there, was a, there was a guy over here that was three D printing. Um, 
like uh, limbs for like, oh yeah that guy yeah that was awesome for for kids that that were born with birth defects and I found out about it because uh, one of my friends um, a, a plumber his his little girl was born um, basically her forearm uh, uh, stopped about halfway down and um, and she'd had a, a, a um, prosthetic arm made up by this guy and it it was great because he again going back to what I was saying about customizing things he was able to completely customize it based on her um, her needs and her abilities and 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 the things that she could and couldn't do and the things she wanted to do um, so yeah it, it was it was great seeing that and I think that's one of the other things is it, it's technology in the workshop is not only allowing uh, people to to access and do these things but it, it allows the, it allows the world to be a better place and you know you, you can do better things I mean to, to talk about on a broader scale you think about like the the um, the fact that we're now able to to just hop on a plane and fly over to America to have a lesson with um, Rory or something like that like you know there's or, or come over here and all meet up like you think 150 years ago um, it you you couldn't do that it, it wasn't a, an option whereas now I mean you, you look at the fact that we're all talking together on a screen and then we're going to record it and we're going to put it out and that's going to be listened to by people literally all over the world from yeah. from up north down to someone down in Australia Dirk, I'm thinking of you. Um, but, uh, but that's the thing. It, and that's, I think that's one of the things that really annoys me when people talk about technology. They talk about it like it's such a bad thing, like it's taking something away from it. And it's not. It's allowing more people to get involved. And if they want to go down the, the soulful hand tool route or whatever, that's still there. No, one, no one's taking that away. Just because I'm giving you a laptop doesn't mean I'm taking away your whatever it, it yeah sorry i'm just I'm, well and the, no, you're, you're right you're right but the other thing that that you kind of touched on there was the fact that the very fact that we can disseminate knowledge and experience and information instantly and quickly yeah that contributes to the whole of craft knowledge throughout the world yeah because you know uh, occasionally people will will uh, message me and say, you know, how would I do X, Y, or Z? And without, as if they were standing there in my shop, try solution Z, you know, try yeah. this. And they instantly can go try it. It's, mm-hmm. I think that accelerates, the, if there was a ball of knowledge uh, about craft, you know, this, we we're expanding it faster and faster just because we can talk like this yeah yeah exactly i mean that's the thing is to to go on from that um obviously all three of it or all four of us sorry are, are on youtube and we're all talking to each other because we all found each other on youtube like it, it's right I, and i mean i mean this in the nicest possible way if you guys weren't on youtube i wouldn't have a clue who you were i would have never heard of you i'd never speak to you or, or yeah i'm saying youtube obviously i mean instagram and all that as well but but the, that's the beauty of it like without um without dirty smith putting stuff out um for the last five years or whatever i probably wouldn't have been as into blacksmithing so i wouldn't have seen it as something that actually 
I can carry on doing. I, and it's something that I want to do. He's got a lot to answer for. Yeah. That <laughs> he's got <laughs> to come to terms with the fact that he's the reason Al and this I know each fault. other. And that, that is a real <laughs> problem with my, you know, my yeah. sleep habits. And... <laughs> I watched, I watched <laughs> the Full Metal Al thing again last night. Just... Just because <laughs> it popped in my head again, and I was like, I want to watch the trailer. I watched it another couple of times, so you know, awesome. Yeah, no worries. Uh, in which case, uh, shall I just do a, a quick thing about the fact that we had to take a quick break because your microphone was shit. Because of technology, blame technology. Cool. No, blame his hair. Blame my hair. <laughs> I hate cool. the fact that he has hair. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, you're welcome to it. I've got so much. <laughs> Mate, seriously. It's literally you... coming out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, should we just wait for Brett to get back? He's trying so face. It's just like, oh, God. He's like the, the teacher, the dad. I don't know how I got this role though. I think the only reason that I'm in charge is because I'm the least the longest. Cat herder, chief yeah. cat herder. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm insane and I need someone to talk me off the ledge. Oh, right. Welcome back, guys. Uh, sorry about the quick, the short interlude there, but uh, Al's hair started interfering with his mic, so we've had to um, to take a short break while we sort it out. It happens, man. You don't know what I have to deal with. Uh, don't get me started talking about don't hair. Leave it alone. Just that's <laughs> not funny. <laughs> we'll send some over. It'll be fine. Cool. Uh, oh, I think you wanted to ask uh, Andy some questions. Yes. So, um, obviously, when uh, the saviour Elon Musk decided to send a car into space, <laughs> um, I think you were the possibly the most excited man on the internet. Um, truth, truth. Yep. On, only compounded when the, the, the boosters landed side by side simultaneously oh, yes. and I think yeah there were, there were possibly I think I fainted at that seen. point I, I several buttons exploded off some pants somewhere but um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I, I, I mean looking at the kind of maker community and the people that surround us like it, it does surprise me when people are super into kind of the science behind things and I think wow this you know these, these two things can go hand in hand um, what is it that got you so passionate about science, Andy. Why? Why is it something that really gets your blood boiling? Oh, well, you know, I was that kid that uh, I wasn't. They, I was told I wasn't good at math. So, um, you know, you just get this thought in as a kid that you're not a science guy. You're not a yeah. math guy. You're more of an art guy. And then, you know, in 1987. Um, I got the opportunity to be hired on board a, a, a research ship, a federal research ship for the government. Cool. And um, we did um, deep sea robotic research in the deep Pacific, which was just brilliant because I was hired on as an ordinary seaman. That was my title, <laughs> ordinary <laughs> seaman. <laughs> so I, I'm the guy that like closes hatches if it starts raining. Right. You know yeah. that's, that's the boy. I, you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just the general roustabout. And uh, but the beautiful part was the lab, the research lab that we had on board. We just um, 
was open so that I could go in uh, after hours and just sit and hang out with the scientists in oh, there. Awesome. And these guys were brilliant, just brilliant, you know, marine biologists, climatologists. And what we were doing is, is gathering the raw data from robots, uh, deep sea robotics that were collecting salinity and temperature changes and all that. So we were doing the, the research on El Nino studies. Right. And it was, to me, the first time I really got science, this science drives our world, yeah. was when I saw these guys who I considered to be just otherworldly smart. They were looking at raw data coming off of these robots when we would bring them up from the ocean floor. And they were going, oh my God, the oceans are changing at a rate that was freaking them out. Yeah. So um, that was the first time that I went, not only are these guys my heroes, but it almost looks like my life on the planet depends on these guys. Yeah. And that's where I, in my own mind, got a new class of hero, a new class of people that I just worshipped. And um, man, you know, and 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 that's kind of translated on into you know the work that Elon Musk is doing at SpaceX. And I just, I'm just fascinated by it. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 he is kind of like the ultimate maker. He's he's like a maker crossed with a Bond villain. But good. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope yeah. he doesn't go go mad. Someday, yeah, that's, you know? it's, it's a long term plan. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that went mad, fine. and look what's happened. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's 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 awesome, and I I do kind of love the fact that, like you said, science is. I don't want to say in control of our world, but it's it, it without science, we're absolutely screwed. Like we we need to 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 look at science and, and to understand it and 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 we need to um, kind of uh, understand what it's saying about, about how things are and, and that and, and, and move with with what it's saying um, so yeah it, it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about it in, in that kind of way I think I think sort of statistics get thrown thrown around a lot and they're used as kind of weapons in a in an ongoing war of kind of tradition versus science and i think you know especially in the current climate there's a lot of people who would you know argue to the death about about statistics and about yeah. um, data and right. things but i think the power of what you said andy just then is that you were you were actually experiencing it firsthand and you were seeing yeah. this data come out of the literally out of the ocean and you could actually yeah. it, and that's that's to me where science becomes powerful i mean i've talked about this in the past where i didn't really appreciate schooling and the traditional method of kind of understanding science but the second somebody told me to go outside and measure the fucking universe expanding yeah. that's when right. I started to see it and I was like what this yeah. is insane this is a bit you know I, I, I'm just a monkey and I can see these things happening and I can appreciate and understand it so it, yeah it, it's been able to pick those battles between kind of just, just throwing around numbers and actually understanding what the science means to, to your yeah. point Steve it's it's there and it's it's out of yeah. our control but we can actually you know understand it and appreciate it yeah i mean that's the thing there's a, a great quote that um that i can't remember who it, who it was by but it's uh facts don't cease to be true just because you don't believe them and yeah. and I, I absolutely love that quote and it, it's it's so true and <laughs> and uh 
and yeah, I I just think that it's um, it, with the whole science and technology thing, it's you can't argue against the the usefulness of science if that argument is being made whilst just sat at a computer behind a keyboard. You know, if you're if you're using science to to argue against science, then you're an idiot. It's it's like, <laughs> that's, that's like I saying, told you, Al. You're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. That's like saying woodworking is a really stupid idea whilst just sat on a wooden chair. It's just it baffles me. It really does. Listen, it's all it's all science, right? So, Steve, blacksmithing, yeah. You take a piece of metal out the forge. You're looking at the temperature of it. You know that's the wavelength of light coming off it. Yeah. Caused by the frequency of the vibrations of the metal. Yeah. You know that's science. You know it might be traditional techniques taught to you by an old man. Yeah. But it's all it's all based in in, in this but, fantastic world that, that teaches us everything about it. You know, you can you can you can paint it on however you want, but it's all science. Yeah. So sorry, I got really excited then because uh, I was <laughs> excited talking to someone about it the other day. Okay. <laughs> excited. I thought he was just had indigestion. <laughs> um, I was talking to someone about it the other day, and uh, Damascus is something that gets thrown around a lot, and. Um, it, for anyone that doesn't know, Damascus is pattern welded, or modern Damascus is pattern welded, welded steel, so it has nice, pretty patterns in it. Traditional Damascus, or true Damascus, is woot steel. It was made in the, or sorry, it was sold in the city of Damascus because of blah 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 blah. Anyway, um, a single Damascus sword uh, would have sold back in the day. It would have sold for more than the price of an entire castle, more than a price of an entire town, because wow. it was absolutely incredible steel um the the technique of how they made it has been completely lost over time and we have not been able to replicate how they did it um and i don't think we're ever going to be able to completely reverse engineer and find out exactly how they did it but we now have steels nowadays that 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 can do the same thing and we have super steels and things like this but damascus steel um nowadays is being analyzed and it had carbon nanotubes in it and carbon nanotubes is something is, is a technology that's still very 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 new <laughs> and it's absolutely insane and it is a fucking awesome technology mm-hmm. but they had it back then they, and they didn't know about it and and it, it it's just incredible that they had that and I'm getting really overexcited. I'm like, no, no, but it's, yeah. thinking something there. Yeah, I was aliens. Say aliens. I mean, if you've ever watched this, yeah, there's a really, really smart guy. That's aliens. Um, I. That's one of the places where I see science being one of the most utilized tools to any maker yeah. is, or you know, being able to analyze a reverse engineer, like you said, Steve. The yeah. fact that I can take a chisel, and carve out some wood, you know, of an oak slab or, or like Al did and make a sign out of it. You could look at that and go, there's not much science in it. But if you actually reverse engineer it into, yeah. well, what was the moisture content of the piece of wood that you were using? Could you, what, could you lick it and know? Or could you like touch it and know? No, <laughs> there is somebody, somebody at some point actually made a moisture gauge so that you could figure out if you were going yeah. to carve something that was still green and need to let it dry versus something that was properly dried, you know, axe handles and whatnot, cabinetry. Yeah. Like, you don't buy green yeah. wood and turn it into cabinetry because everything will move around on you and go all crazy. But 
it's almost like science science is always there to answer the questions that we have right versus the the prideful yeah. bs mm-hmm. that we're all trying to impart on it where you go i don't need to use a cnc machine because i can make it with my hands well you probably don't but you could answer a lot of questions you know by using the science of the technology yeah i mean because going on from what you were saying about uh, carving something out with the chisel even down to like scientific theory is applied to making constantly because you think at some point the first chisel that they have made they didn't know what bezel what bevel to put on it so they would have tried a bevel they would have seen how that worked and then they would have gone yeah this doesn't work quite right and they would have changed it a bit and then they would have done that right. and they would have kept doing that until they got the desired result over and over and over again i.e hey. scientific theory you know it, it right it's how it works and the brilliant part now is back then uh guys spread all over the world were trying to find that perfect angle now somebody finds a perfect angle on let's say a chisel yeah instantly everyone in the world knows it yeah in the in the maker community you know it's uh you you could almost say that that someone that's spiffing finds it and then shares it with everyone else. Exactly. Which, which would be a perfect segue into... <laughs> that, that was the best yet. That was the best ever, Steve. That, that, I, I have nothing after that. I'm, I'm out of here. I genuinely couldn't resist that. I'll see you later. Cool, right. Uh, so we're going to go with an established order, and we're going to go with Bassa because it sounds like NASA. And yes, <laughs> that was Al's idea. Uh, so <laughs> B for. Oh, I Brett. thought it was Berkey. Um, okay, so oh. <laughs> my spiffing this week, I know uh, he has his own section of the show, but I'm going with Red Smith because, good lord, if you haven't seen. The most Amen. recent video that he just posted, um, he surprised me by making a heat heat cut. What what would that be called? The heating tool? Yeah, pyrophyte. Uh, burnt. So yeah, he made me a world map <laughs> out of leather and burned in all the shapes and then finished it. And it's all wrapped up really nice. And he gave it to Scully so Scully could find his way back. And oh my dad. It is uh, <laughs> out it, of control. Not only is so, the video so itself good. great, or like the project that he made great. One, it feels amazing to have. Like, he wants to send it to me by way of Scully, but <laughs> it is awesome that he wants to do that. I, I love you know catching a little love throughout the maker community. It always makes you feel better when you just have this awesome group of friends. But yeah. God, so much talent. So much time spent on the project, and then the video itself, he actually you know, took the time to, to put more of what we all know is Red's personality on camera, and it's fantastic to see him yeah. do something yeah, like that. Really, so really it's, good. It's just so nice. We're all you know, big fans of a bunch of, you know, all of us try and give each other love, but Red, just like, I could put him on camera more. <laughs> I'd, I'd be totally okay with him yeah. cracking jokes and stuff. You yeah. almost felt like it was an, a start of a, an evolutionary step. Absolutely. For him. And, and yeah. you know, we kind of yeah. just 
We kind he of immediately brilliant. came up with like four or five ideas right after I saw the video. I was like, what What if we do this? <laughs> so it's just going to end up all of us in this little tight-knit community or this little like sub-community of the maker community. I think we're all so good at supporting each other and so good at about, you know, just kind of yeah. like cracking jokes. You guys have the table saw tacos and blame Berkey and all the funny things that are going. Yeah. This is just another one of those things that is developing... Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I know I just spent four minutes like talking I, I, about it, but I've watched I've watched it a couple of times, and, and like he has to draw that map three it's times. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, like to draw it originally, and then to trace it onto the leather, and then I to know. actually do it. Like, and think yeah. of think of the time and like the patience you would have to have oh, to man. draw a straight line with a burning tool on leather. Yeah. And yeah. and you get ninety five percent of the way through it, and then you totally just like botch it and put like a burn mark somewhere. <laughs> yeah. the best part to me on that one was when he's sitting on the floor of his shop talking to his toolbox <laughs> scully and then and he, he takes the time to say all right i'll do it and you stay here don't touch anything <laughs> it was brilliant it's so good god damn it, i love it yeah yeah oh. But the thing is, is this is what I love is like I I genuinely hope we see more of him on camera because when he did uh, the little um, skit for uh, my voice restoration video, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was him saying like, "Yep, yeah, needs more bacon," and it, it was the co- comedic <laughs> timing of him like taking a bite, chewing it for a little bit, and then just going, "Yep, <laughs> that's it." And it's fucking brilliant. So, it's so uh, true. Yeah. Right, this this is getting a jingle. This bit. <laughs> Cool. So, Red, we we love you and we want to see more of you. Right. Who is the next A? Is it A for Al or A for Andy? Uh, Yes. A for asshole. Yeah, A for (laughs) asshole. I'll go next. Um, (laughs) I can't believe I've not spiffed her, um, and it's totally relevant for the the science episode. It's going to have to be Junie Genius. I'm I'm sure I've already done her, but uh, obviously not. Um, I thought you had. I think I just talked about her. She's not on the list anyway. And if yeah. not, she's getting she's getting respiffed because she's just awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so Junie Genius, um, she's a engineering student um, in 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 college in the states, uh, and she has a channel where she just makes like if if um, if Simone's <laughs> shitty robots are anything to go by, um, I don't know what the adjective is for these robots, but they're insane. Um, basically, <laughs> the. It's just pure comedy gold, but there, yeah. there, there is she does understand what she's doing behind it. That's what makes it so funny is the, the engineering that goes into it. Um, but it's it's the craziest channel I've ever seen on YouTube, and I I, I I said this before, but I think if she had a million subscribers, I wouldn't be surprised in the light in the slightest. But she hasn't; yeah. she's got like five hundred. So yeah. get over to her channel, check it out. If you don't like one video, you won't like any of them. Um, yeah. But if you like it like I do, you'll love it, and you'll just find it the most sort of amusing, entertaining crazy humble weirdo on, yes. on youtube um, definitely check it out juni genius j-u-n-i-e it'll be in the shows cool uh s would be me uh steve uh we couldn't do a science episode without talking about the fantastic the wonderful mr andy pew hey. Um, yeah. Hey. yeah uh i think we've talked about him a couple times on here before but if you don't follow his any of his channels he's got three three channels which is his personal one, uh, but then he's also got uh, the 
physics mad channel because um, he's a physics teacher and he just demonstrates simple real life applications of of physics um, and uh, uh, yeah it, it's just really really fun to watch um, there was one of him doing a, uh, a demonstration of, of uh, force um, and him in front of his because he's a school teacher in front of his entire um, year or school or whatever <laughs> in an assembly lying down doing the better nails and getting someone to break a um, breeze block on his chest because physics because physics, uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that guy, and, and it was great. And he's also got tales from the Tinkeridge as well, which is a much more maker focused um, channel. Uh, the the best video, in my opinion, that he's got on there has to be the uh, the Tim say Tim Sway Square um, parody video that <laughs> I've never seen someone be so deadpan and dry doing something so ridiculously yeah. silly. Don't, don't play poker against Andy Pugh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, so sideways of that, his Instagram account is brilliant. He sees the world yeah. with these his observational skills are just off the chart and I love to um I just love to see how he sees the world, the natural world around him. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's always putting up um, beautiful shots of of things that that are quite small that you you could easily just bypass and not think about. But yeah, like you say, he's really focused in on them, and and it is wonderful. He's and he is just a really really nice guy. <laughs> cool. So uh, so yeah, Andy Pugh. All of his uh, channels and Instagrams and everything will be on. Uh, in the shows, so go check them out. And Andy, yo, that's me. Who, yes, who oh, are you okay. spiffing? <laughs> okay, so mine comes from one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Uh, on my latest sh- shop stool video, I get somebody who comments, "Al sent me here." <laughs> and I went, "Oh God, no, no, no." And then he goes on to say that uh, I really like the video and you're brilliant. So I knew he was semi-okay anyway. <laughs> no, but refuse or refuse? Refuse? Refuse. Reuse. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I screwed it up. I was <laughs> trying to read my own. Never mind. <laughs> refuse, reuse. Uh, the guy, I like kind of playing off uh, of how Andy sees the world. This guy goes by a chair in an alley and has the idea that one of the stringers, or uh, I guess a back leg, yeah. looks like the handle of a gun. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, and then he, you can hear him almost thinking how he goes into this brilliant um, hacking mode of, okay, I'm gonna put three barrels on it and I'm gonna, you know, in <laughs> yeah. this shape. And it's just like, to watch that video was, like that little movie that plays in my head all over and over and over, <laughs> you know, all day long. Yeah. He illustrated it perfectly and it was a, a cool project, but I just thoroughly enjoyed and was captivated by that moment when he's seeing something completely different than what he was looking at yeah. while he was looking at that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's like a three dimensional chess game. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I subbed and, 
and I regret that I have to thank Al for sending him over <laughs> so, that, so that I met him. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Al sent me his way as well, and the first few videos of his that I watched, I just spent the entire time going, I, I don't understand what he's, like, it would be at least three quarters of the way through, if not more, before it would click as to what he was actually building. And I loved that because it's like I just sat there the whole time going, "Nah, what's he going to do? This is this is this is going to look awful. What, what's going on?" Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just add one more piece or just change something around, and it, it suddenly all clicks into place. And the fact that he can see that from, like, like you say, from just a chair leg or whatever, right. and take that all the way through, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Do, and, do you know what it reminds me of? There's, um, I don't know if you've seen the film about um, Turner, the painter. The uh, landscape no, painter. I haven't. It's a, it's a fantastic film uh, with Timothy Spalling. It's really good. He, nice. he plays him really well. But there's basically there's a bit where he's because Turner was like a nutter and like all the all the artists just like kind of um, extradited him because he was he was a wild card. Yeah. And basically he's got this exhibition up in uh, some gallery in London, probably the national national gallery or something. And he just walks up to his own painting. It's of like a beautiful seascape, um, and he just pulls out the paintbrush out of his pocket. And it's like a beautiful sea scene, like in the middle of like a storm. And he just pulls out like a red, um, like chroma red out of his out of his other pocket, and just like yeah. puts a blob of red paint oh. in the middle of this painting. And everyone's just like, "What are you doing?" And you know, this is like you know, yeah, pre turn of the century. This is you know, and and, and he's like, he's he's gone mad. The madman's man's gone mad. And he just and, he, and, he's, and he's just smushing this red paint into into the into the middle yeah. of this beautiful sea scene. And he's like, he's ruined it. He's ruined it. And then he, and he just get pulls a handkerchief out of his top pocket and just wipes a line straight across and it's a boy yeah. and he's just painting uh, a boy yeah. in the middle of it and oh, he's just yeah, bobbing yeah. in the ocean and it's just fucking genius and he, awesome. and he just like he basically it's like a mic drop moment he just yeah. drops a paintbrush turns around <laughs> and walks out of the room and everyone's like Brilliant. oh bravo bravo <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that's exactly that moment that you're saying with Tom it's like yeah. what is he doing like what how is that gonna, that is no way going to stick on the end of there and then yeah. you know he just turns around and it's this beautiful sort of 1950s ray gun that he's made yeah, yeah. nice totally reminds me of that yeah, definitely. too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, right, should we uh, wrap this thing? I think we're massively yes. overrunning, but it's fine. Uh, so let's wrap this up. Uh, Al, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on the YouTuberies at Al's Hack Shack, and you will find me on Facebook and Instagram Al's at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack. Cool. I regret that. I regret doing that. Oh. Uh, Brett, where can everyone um, find you? Friendster. I've been on there for a few years. Um, <laughs> Skull and Spade 13 on Friendstergram. And then on YouTube, Brett McAfee, like the antivirus software. I'm in your machines. <laughs> I know I already did that last time. but <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's still good, fun. Still good one. Uh, Andy, where can everyone find you? You can find me across almost all the platforms at Andy Berkey, uh, B-I-R-K-E-Y. Just look for Seymour Better. Yeah. Nice. I love Seymour. Cool. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Moonshine Metalworks on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and not Twitter, because I don't I'm not even bother logging Perfect. in on my new phone. Zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us as a podcast you can find us on Facebook, it's probably the best way to interact with us, um, we've got a, a Facebook group going and it's we've got some really really cool people in there 
if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. You can go on there and give us money. If you don't want to give us money, give us a review. Um, you can do that on iTunes. It would be really, really helpful because then it means more people listen to us. And then that's that's good. That's, that's a good thing. Uh, and if you just want to get hold of us um, indirectly, you can email us at hello at fwtpodcast.com um, and if you want the show notes and everything else it's all on www.fwtpodcast.com cool oh. uh, that's it I think am I missing anything no I love Andy Berkey I love Andy Berkey me too I love Andy Berkey I kind of think he's hot <laughs> you guys get that or no yeah no that, that's, <laughs> that smooth look uh <laughs> right. Uh, on that note, I think I think we should leave. Okay, it's going to get weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cool. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you, Andy. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. <laughs>